See him as the one who changed your status in the presence of God, whose life was worthy of standing unashamed in God's throne room, and whose death covers over your multitude of wrongs. See him as the innocent sacrifice who gave himself up to remove your insufficiencies, your shortcomings, your faults, anxieties, and fears. The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. Well, good morning, everyone. It is so good to be with you worshiping this morning. Uh, The text that we're going to be looking at for this Sunday, for our first Sunday worship service, comes from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Here's what Isaiah wrote down for us. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. This is God's word. About a month ago, I had the chance to go and climb Mount St. Helens. I had heard about this mountain like it was a legend throughout grade school, seeing those old videos and pictures of an entire mountain being blown apart. I was absolutely fascinated as I watched my teacher bring out that old TV and and push that VHS cassette in to watch that grainy video of a vertical mile of mountain peak blowing into the air and being scattered all over southern Washington. It was something I always wanted to see. And so when I found out that I was going to be living out in Portland, Oregon, I knew I was going to climb Mount St. Helens. And so a few weeks ago, I did it. I went out, woke up at about 1.30 in the morning, got to the trailhead at about 3.30, started climbing, and, and was above the tree line by sunrise. 
And I was able to take a break and watch the sun come up just over the peak of Mount Adams. And you look to the south and you see Mount Hood and you see that pyramid-shaped shadow growing longer and longer over the forest below. Even at that moment, the hike was worth it. About three-quarters of the way to the summit, I met a guy who was doing the same thing I was. He was taking a break, sipping his coffee, and just watching in wonder at what was unfolding below him. We climbed the last little stretch of the mountain together, and as we made the summit of Mount St. Helens, that ridge that overlooks the crater, we just stood in silence. There's not that much that you can say as you look at a scene like that. You look at what used to be a proud and towering mountain, and now you see a gaping hole in the ground. It's like an alien landscape. It was a moment of awe for me, and also kind of a moment of fear as you reflect on the kind of power that can blow that much rock miles around. Here in Oregon and up in Washington, we have the privilege that we get to often see and have these moments where we have experiences of the awesomeness that is in nature. In an hour drive, we can go and we can marvel at the stateliness of the old growth forests at the foot of Mount Hood. And in an hour drive in the other direction, we can gasp at the power of the ocean and the harshness of the brutal Oregon coast. And without going anywhere, we can look out our windows and see the impressiveness of the volcanoes that tower over us. Here in Portland, here in the Pacific Northwest, in general, we love to get into nature because when we do, we almost have no choice but to get out of our own heads. For just one little moment, our spirits are able to find release from the tensions that we're carrying around in ourselves. We're able to escape, even for just a second, from our fears, from our worries, from our anxieties. It's an awesome, awesome sight to see. When I climbed Mount St. Helens, I already knew that I would be preaching on this text. And so staring into that crater, I felt the words from this text bubbling up in myself. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. There are so many ways that we can see God and His power, His wisdom, His love. We can see all of that in His creation. And yet, even staring at the most startling and beautiful things in the world, we don't even see a fraction of who God truly is in His glory. But today we get to see God. 
We see him through Isaiah's eyes and through what he wrote down for us. Isaiah saw God in his glory and in his holiness, and he wants us to see God too. See him for who he really is. A mighty and merciful God, a God who is mighty to save I want you to see God for who he truly is this morning. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who makes us holy, holy, holy. So are you ready for it? Is your mind's eye ready to start seeing who God is? Because we're going to get started here. Isaiah is going to start us off a little bit more slowly. He starts his account like the writer of an epic poem. He marks the date. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Can you see this scene in your mind? Can you picture what God's throne room looked like? To help you out, notice what Isaiah does describe and also notice what he doesn't describe. Isaiah tells us about God's position, that he is high and exalted as he should be as God and creator, but Isaiah also tells us about God's location, that he's seated on a throne, also as is befitting a king who rules over everything. But when it comes to describing God and the characteristics of his appearance, the best that Isaiah could do to describe what he saw was to describe the hem of God's robe. That's all he could do. All he could do is tell us that that this robe, the hem of his robe, was so great and so glorious that it filled every corner of the temple. So are you seeing this in your mind's eye? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing God's temple? Isaiah is going to keep going here. He's going to ramp up the intensity. He says, Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Are you seeing this? I got a couple notes here about these angels to help you see them better, to help your mental picture. These angels weren't singing. When you hear somebody describe an angelic voice, usually you think of a sweet tone, a tone that melts your heart. But these angels weren't singing. That's not the word that was used here. Instead, Isaiah tells us that these angels were calling out to each other. They were shouting, holy, holy, holy. And you need to understand something about their shouting. Each time that they shouted holy to each other, everything shook. 
That's what Isaiah tells us. He tells us that it was like one word from their mouths set off an earthquake that would put our Cascadia fault to shame. Holy, 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 there was no safe place for Isaiah to stand. And we haven't even started talking about what these angels looked like. Again, these aren't the cherub-faced baby angels that you might think of when you think of what an angelic figure might look like. These are seraphim. And if you want to know what seraphim looked like, you've got to look elsewhere in the Bible where they get a little bit more detailed description. The Bible tells us that they probably looked like snakes. They were fiery snakes flying around above the throne of God, and when they spoke, the earth shook. Are you seeing God yet? Are you seeing the sights of his throne room? If you can, then you can't really blame Isaiah for being terrified at the sight of these angels and at the sensory bombardment that he was experiencing. But that wasn't Isaiah's biggest concern. His biggest concern was the fact that he, an unclean person, was in the presence of a holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Isaiah was looking around himself and seeing fiery snake-like angels who caused the earth to shake and he saw that they were covering their faces and they were covering their feet because they could not safely be in God's presence. And so he thought to himself, what about me? I am a man of unclean lips. I am a man who is nowhere close to holy, holy, holy. Can you imagine how that must have felt? Imagine how it feels for a weak man to stand next to a bodybuilder. Imagine what it feels like for the intern on their first day to stand right next to the CEO or the founder of the company. Imagine what it looks like for the ugly persons to stand next to the beautiful princess. Multiply that discrepancy, that inadequacy times 1,000, and you are beginning to understand how Isaiah must have felt. And so from the depths of his heart, Isaiah called out, Woe to me! I am ruined! I am undone! You know how this feels. You felt those things that Isaiah has felt. The clumsiness, the weakness, the ugliness, the deep sense of uncleanness. Woe to me! I am ruined! I am undone! Are you seeing God yet? Are you grasping his holiness? Are you grasping what it's like to be in God's presence as an unclean person? 
I'll frame that question for you in a little bit more of a real sense. Do you see God here in this room right now? The Lord God Almighty who fills the whole earth with his glory. Do you see him today? You look around this room and yeah, I get it. This is a completely ordinary room. It's an office suite on the second floor building uh, in downtown Tigard. It used to be a bike store. You had to walk up a whole flight of stairs and get a workout just to come to church. And, and every time I'm not talking, you can hear the cars whooshing behind us on Highway 99. I get it. You look around this room. And you see a church, a fledgling church, who's trying to find its wings. You look around and maybe you're not impressed. Are you seeing God here? Because he is here. God is sitting on his throne and the train of his robe fills this entire place as he sits at this altar. I know that everything that you're seeing here looks so common and so ordinary, but hear me well when I say that it is not. This place where we are gathering, this word which we are studying today, this church that begins today, is anything but ordinary. These things through God, through Jesus, are holy, holy, holy. You are in a holy place. You are in the presence of God. And so now I'm going to get bold with you, Hope Lutheran Church. In the presence of God, look into your hearts. Isn't there a part of you that knows deep down that you are, like Isaiah, ruined in the presence of a holy, holy, holy God this morning? Isn't there a part of you that is deathly afraid of coming to grips with your shortcomings because you know that in the presence of God you are found out? And isn't there part of you that fear is contemplating the reality of God because you know that you cannot stand before him. Hope Lutheran Church, I'm going to get bold with you one more time. Aren't you tired of carrying around your guilt and your sorrows, your anxieties, your fears? Aren't you tired of knowing your status before God and not knowing what to do to become right with him? I told you that my one goal for this message was that you should see God. So I'll ask you to see him now. See him in his mercy. As he sends one of his seraphs who comes flying to Isaiah with a live coal from the altar in his hand. See that seraph that wild scene in your mind as the seraph touches Isaiah's lips with the coals. See him as he burns away the shortcomings, the insufficiencies and every guilt that Isaiah carried on his lips and in his heart. And then here, 
Hear the words of God's mercy as the seraph announces, See, look at this. See, this touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Are you seeing God yet? Because this is who he truly is. God is mighty and God is merciful. He makes us holy, holy, holy. People of hope. You get to stand in God's presence. See God today. Truly see him, see his glory, his holiness, his perfection, but see also his mercy and love. See his son, Jesus, who came to you like that seraph came to Isaiah. You know him. You've celebrated his birth at Christmas. You've remembered his death. You've celebrated his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Now see him as the one who made that sacrifice on the cross. See him as the one who changed your status in the presence of God, whose life was worthy of standing See him as the one who changed your status in the presence of God, whose life was worthy of standing unashamed in God's throne room, and whose death covers over your multitude of wrongs. See him as the innocent sacrifice who gave himself up to remove your insufficiencies, your shortcomings, your faults, This is the heart of God. He is holy, 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 and he loves us too much to not make us holy, holy, holy. Worship of Hope Lutheran Church. And so I want to take the opportunity today to share with you what this church is about. As our sacrifice. This is a church. And that sacrifice where we will do in God's exactly presence. what we did today. We will see God. We will see now Him in Sunday, His Word. We will meet Him through His Supper. We will meet Him through His Baptism. This is a church where we will bring our sins every Sunday before God and we will together be assured that our sins are forgiven before God. And so I want to take the opportunity today to share with you This is a church where we will acknowledge and we will come face to face with the harsh realities of living in this world and we will meet them with the glorious promises of Jesus. We will see God. This is a church where we will call him and a place where we will meet him through his supper. We will meet him. Through his baptism, this is a church this is a place where we where the will deepest bring our parts of our souls every Sunday before God, can and have we will peace together and joy be assured and hope. That our sins no matter are what's going on in our lives, God. this is a church that is and will be a thriving community of this people who lift each other up in love, where we and in will prayer and in God's word. This is a community harsh which utilizes living the in this world and we will each of its members to bring glory joy to others. Finally, and most importantly. This is a church where we this will call is a home church and a place that will strive with safe. everything we have to see this is God a place where the deepest parts of our souls can have peace 
and joy. To see the God who has made no us holy, going on in our holy, lives, holy, we will see him that every is and day will be a thriving community of people who lift each other up in Lord love and in prayer face. and in God's word. This is a community which utilizes the unique gifts of each of its members to bring its joy to others finally and most importantly. This is a church that will strive with everything we have to see God for who he is. To see the God who has made us holy, holy, holy. We will see him every day until that day when we can meet our Lord face to face and see him in heaven with our own eyes. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Amen.